You are listening to Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens. Energy management for committed athletes and coaches. The Tour de France, rest day number two. It's not far now to Paris. There's only a couple real big hurdles to get through. Sorry that you didn't hear a lot of me the last days, but... Uh... After the crash Friday, I was a little bit dizzy. I decided to continue and do at least one time more than two because my dad was waiting there on the more than two. I hugged him and uh, I stopped the race. I want to win a stage. Come on, Cap, let me win a stage. Drop me off. <laughs> and then there were three. We started the Tour de France in Brittany with four audio diarists. Victor Campanarts of Quebec and Next Hash, Tim De Klerk of The Current Quickstep, Connor Swift of Archaea Samsic, and Ben O'Connor from AG2R Citroen, a stage winner already, of course. After the highs of last week, we experienced the lows of the Tour de France this week because, unfortunately, Victor Campenarts will not finish the Tour de France. He pulled out on the Mont Ventoux stage, and we open this episode with his account of what happened. We also hear from the others. Ben O'Connor still flying high in fifth overall after a home stage into Andorra. Tim de Klerk struggling after having a nasty crash. And Connor Swift... Just being Connor Swift. Let's get straight into it. Let's hear from Victor Campenarts after that fateful Vontu stage. 155 kilometers still to go with two ascents of Mont Ventoux. It's a horrendous stage if you're dropped now. Leaving the Tour de France is not at all what you would uh, think about going to the Tour de France. Um, that's the last thought on your mind. My season was quite busy and I changed myself as coming from a really structured time trial rider, everything planned out, getting the season planned out till October, already in December the year before. And now more freestyling, doing classic races, going from race to race, being attacking on the most uh, unexpected moments. And I really, really enjoyed it. And together with that, we also uh, tried to push the boundaries from where my capabilities are, um, how much racing days in a row I can handle without a, a decent block of training in between. And of course, we were expecting uh, or hoping that it would would only I would only be collapsing after Paris. Uh, but <clears throat> quite soon in this tour. Uh, it was visible that I was not in the best shape already in the in the breakaway I was in. It was not really a good sign that I was there with four riders in pole position of the race and then just having to lose the wheels. And then from that day on, it got worse and worse every day. Day before the rest day was really tight with the time cuts. And then uh, on the move on two stage, I was quite soon left alone. Uh, I was with some riders, but they decided to quit in the feeding zone. And uh, I decided to continue and do at least one time move on two because my dad was waiting there on the move on two. The move on two was the first climb I ever did on the bike. And when I was 14 years of age, my dad took me on a cycling holiday and we did the move on two. It was quite extraordinary. And now he was shouting for me on the Mont too in the Tour de France. I was passing him in front of the broom. That was not really what, what we expected, of course, but 
the days beforehand we knew this kind of a situation would have been possible so um, <clears throat> I was totally empty and I knew at that moment in the race I still had three kilometers to go to the summit of the first Marathon too, and I was already half an hour behind the first riders so um, making the time cut was a not achievable goal so I took some time to stop with my dad I hugged him and uh, we had a short talk. I continued and did a decent. And when I passed the finish time, the first line, I I stopped the race. It was a special moment for me because the crowds were extraordinary. Um, I was riding right in front of the broom, like I already said. And uh, I think this even gave them more of a a reason to really scream me to the top. I took the time to take my gloves off and give it to to uh, a kid that was really all in shouting for me. That was a Tour de France for me and I hope I will be back next year and then taking the Tour de France with a proper preparation. The advantage I have now is I'm home more early I still see my girlfriend before she leaves next Wednesday to the Tokyo Olympics and goes there for a stunning result. Uh, Niels Port of uh, Bora Hansgrohe decides uh, he's going to kick it off. Connor Swift, fantastic to see that he's uh, first to, to bridge to him. Uh, it was blowing across the road at the start of the day, but today Niels Pollitt has ridden like the wind. Connor Swift, Arkea Samsic. There we have it, stage 12 in the breakaway. I was going to talk about yesterday's stage, but I can't really remember what happened. Oh, yeah, bloody yeah. Two times up, one, one, two. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's it. I've remembered it all now. That's why I didn't have bloody great legs today. All that climbing yesterday, bloody ridiculous. Uh, but going on to today, the, the breakaway, you know, we said at the start in the team meeting, uh, today might be a breakaway day and it's just a case if you know follow follow the big groups and follow especially uh, quick step if they want to try and get in the break uh, it was a super nervous start because we had about 8k of crosswind uh, at the start of the stage so you know the neutral felt like a bloody uh, sprint finish everyone fighting for little millimeters in the peloton and then the neutral ended up getting extended you know normally we'd have 800 meters turn left and then we've got uh, crosswind for around six or seven k, but the neutral zone got extended to the left-hand corner, and then bang, flag dropped in the gutter. Oh, what a day! That's how you want to start off the stage, isn't it? Crosswind, everyone's panicking in the gutter, fighting for position, trying to stay in the top bloody twenty riders. Yeah, navigated through the first bit of the stage pretty safe and sound, and then after that, uh, about 15k in, that's when the attacks started coming, and you could kind of sense, you know, a big group was going to go up the road. And uh, I think I tagged uh, Tunes uh, wheel uh, going up this little, little little climb, and then before you knew it, I was in some pretty strong company with Kung Pollitt, uh, Alaphilippe, uh, Bissinger. and then yeah, it was a super fast day because we always had, you know, a bit of crosswind or tailwind. And then it was all about the final and, you know, choosing, basically choosing three riders who I needed to follow. About 40k out, uh, Pollitt uh, tacked, and I thought it was, you know, a long one, but, you know, you don't want to give him an inch, basically. He attacked, and I was near his wheel, and I was like, right, got to go now. Followed his attack, 
and then Mezgek uh, came across and there was three of us but oh Pollock was just on another level I was uh, you know full gas just in his wheel um, he was flicking his elbow out telling me to come through and just <laughs> I was probably slowing him down more than anything but you know that's how it is sometimes you know if you're not on the the best day and that's at that moment there I knew oh, the legs aren't that great today uh, and it's a, it's a shame you know you, you you fought at the beginning of the stage these opportunities don't come round often and then you find yourself you know playing for the win of a stage in the Tour de France and uh, when you realise you're not on the greatest day leg wise uh, yeah it's, it's it's tough mentally yeah I've got no regrets you know following that first attack being there and then obviously unfortunately that came back together and then really needed a bottle got a bottle from the team car and they were just telling me just to chill out and just just follow basically and then yeah buddy Pollock Kung and a few others ended up uh, going up the road and unfortunately missed that um, we was holding them around 20 25 seconds but the problem is when you, you're riding behind everyone's thinking about the final as well wanting to save a little bit of energy we had a climb with 15k to go we've got Alaphilippe with us you know everyone's expecting a big attack from him you're wanting to follow his wheel when he attacks so everyone's already you know you, you you're riding through but you're trying to ride through conservatively but you're not going to end up catching the guys out front that are riding full gas you know to try and it's all about that elastic band effect and we were holding them at 20-25 and then you get a little bit close to them and then someone misses a turn or someone you know pulls too much too hard and doesn't keep it smooth and then that just disrupts the whole rhythm uh, so it's really uh, tactical and you know the best place to be is out front and that's where obviously everyone wanted to be but you know you, you look around at each other and uh, it's game over in, uh, in them sort of scenarios you know it's tactics and experience also at the end of the day you know it's the first <coughs> big big well first Tour de France stage you know that I've been in where a breakaway goes to the line and I'm playing for the win so it's definitely a good experience uh, that I've gained gained today, and to be with that sort of, you know, uh, breakaway and, and the riders that was in in there, it was, um, you know, a, a strong old group. So I was happy to be there. Just a bit good with my final result in the end, you know, just missing out on the top ten. But you know, we're here to try and go for the stage win, and yeah, unfortunately, I just didn't have the the best legs today. And I think also maybe a bit of rain would have, uh, you know, helped me also. Yorkshire lad, don't like it when it's too hot, do we? Bit of rain, that's what I needed today, bloody hell. Yeah, chapeau to uh, Pollock today, strongest rider there. Played it well and uh, yeah, absolutely flying. And then uh, behind, you know, the gap kept on going out. Kung had been dropped from that group and we could see him in the distance, but same sort of scenario, you know, no one's wanting to do a massive turn because they're thinking about the final sprint and going for the top five of the stage. He ended up hanging on for fourth uh, in the final K. I was and I found myself at the front of the group, but that was an error there. And then I think uh, Bosenagen attacked, and then I ended up up sprinting and latching onto you know uh, the end of the group, and I just stayed in position all the way to the line. So uh, kept rolled in eleventh in the end. Uh, so a bit disappointed with my final result of the day, um, but yeah, like you know, super happy with the experience that I've gained and just to be in that position, uh, you know, to, to play for the win in the Tour de France stage, it's pretty pretty special. Obviously looking forward to the the, the next uh, and the future time that I'm in that sort of scenario. Who knows, it could happen again this Tour. Yeah, let's hope for some better legs and a bit better tactics uh, going ahead into the future. You are listening to Kilometer Zero by The Cycling Podcast. 
powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your energy levels and fuel for success. Hi everyone, I'm Sam Brand and I'm a professional cyclist with Team Nova Nordisk, uh, the world's first all-diabetes professional cycling team. The thing that I find the most challenging as a professional athlete with diabetes is actually the cycling side, you know, I mean, it's hard to be a professional cyclist, you know, it's a lot of time on the bike, a lot of hard training and, and the hardest part of cycling with diabetes is not necessarily the diabetes for me, it's it's the training and, and I love that, I love getting stuck into the hard training, the hard racing and that's why we do it, that's why, especially me, I love going into the red, love pushing myself and, and challenging myself as a human being. Diabetes, I don't really think comes into that because I just want to ride my bike as hard as I can obviously I need to keep a check on my diabetes I need to make sure everything's in line I need to make sure that my blood sugars are in my target range and and I'm fueling well but apart from that of course I can train and race just as hard I just want to be the best athlete I can be and push myself as far as I can push to unpick it the little guy is standing with giants he's equal the great eddie Merckx. connor swift stage 13 let's talk about the legs the sensations the feelings day after the breakaway well into the toy france and uh, kind of at that stage now where they're just the same every day you know you start the stage they're hurting and you're like, oh, I'm on a terrible day. Every little acceleration at the start of the stage, you know, it hurts, you're gritting your teeth, and you're just wanting it just to settle down, just let the breakaway go, just let's go easy, guys. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the tour, and it doesn't really happen often, so uh, you've just got to get on with it. Another day in the office, as Luke Rowe said to me the other day, clock in, clock out. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Quite a nice start, actually, today. You know, big, wide road, not too much stress, and you're just there, just surfing the wheels just to try and push the least amount of power you can. Kept on popping my head up. Has a brake gone yet? No. And then finally it did, and then uh, you have a little bit of relief there. You know, oh, yes, road's blocked, brake's gone, and then, uh, boom, someone else attacks. Someone else wants to be in a breakaway. And then uh, the break finally established, three guys, that's it, you switch off. But uh, today was one of those days that you just hate because the break had like two minute 30. And then, you know, a, a team ain't happy. They want to be in the breakaway too. And uh, no one can stop them from attacking. So boom, they go again. And then you've got to suffer for a good few minutes. And that is not a nice thing to do. And then, you know, after an hour or so, your legs kind of just feel a bit normal. And then especially in the final, you pop a few caffeine gels, adrenaline's going, and uh, you just, you don't really think about your legs really. You just try and give your all and and then, uh, yeah, try and do your job. But today was also a stressful day because, uh, you know, mid-stage, big crash on a, on a descent with a bit of gravel there. And both Buani and Bargill came down. 
I was actually like dead bang in the middle of them both. And God knows how I didn't come down, but I seen them come down and people were flying off of the, uh, you know, the, the edge of the corner into like a, uh, the trees and stuff like that. And luckily I escaped it, but I seen those two come down and I was like, them two aren't getting up. It looked absolutely terrible. 20 other guys came down as well and I was like, you know, you, you just don't like to see those things and it's it's not nice. And heard that they was all right, uh, thank God. And then Buani was in a group behind, so the team told me to drop back, pace him back onto the, the back of the bunch, which I did. And it was a case of moving up and he, he, he was pretty uh, battered and bruised, you know, lost a load of skin on his hand and leg and things like that. But he still, uh, you know, gave it a good go in the final. And then, yeah, obviously he started his sprint, but I think, you know, the crash took it out of him today. And, um, well, yeah, he's bound to, you know. Seeing him on the bus afterwards and it's 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 not nice to see when, you know, someone else has crashed and especially Bargill as well. Uh, yeah, seeing him bat and, battered and bruised, it's not nice and just uh, just really bad luck. And Quintana is still in the KOM jersey. So uh, he'll look to extend his lead in the two future stages. And uh, yeah, big old Cav smashing out the uh, 34 wins in, in the tour. Even Nils Pollitt said yesterday, you know, winning a stage in the tour, it's, it's career-defining. You know, ev everyone dreams of it. I dream of it. Winning, winning one stage in the tour to some people, it, well, to me, that'd be huge. Cav... He's won 34. <laughs> He's about to break Merckx's record. It's absolutely incredible. And just like so inspiring as well. Just, it's just great. I don't think I should be saying how much, how much I'm enjoying this because I'm on a, a rival team. But, um, but no, it's just super inspiring. And um, yeah, 34 stage wins in the Tour de France <laughs> and counting. That's amazing. I want to win a stage. Come on, Cav, let me win a stage. Drop me off. <laughs> oh, oh no, 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 no. A crash in the Tour de France, and it looks a bad one. And lots of riders down the hill here. This looks like a disaster. Tim de Klerk is down. Hi, guys. Sorry that you didn't hear a lot of me the last days, but uh, it was quite hectic for me. I have to say it was not... Uh, the most easy days for me on a on a bike. Um, after the crash Friday, I was uh, I was a little bit dizzy, but thanks to the the good care of the doctors and the the protocols we have uh, for concussion, where I um, had to do some baseline testing in the winter, we could see that uh, after the stage everything uh, everything was okay. So. Um, I could continue the race, but uh, of course the feeling was uh, completely different after the crash than before. Before I had actually a really great feeling for myself from, uh, in this tour so far. But then uh, after a crash it suddenly completely changed and I, uh, on Saturday for sure I suffered a lot. Yesterday and Sunday was, was a little bit better, but uh, still not perfect. But uh, I'm really happy I made it through the rest day, even more happy than uh, than I'm otherwise. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I really enjoy the rest day. I'm uh, staying as much as possible in, uh, in the bed and then 
let's hope uh, we're back with a with a better feeling uh, by tomorrow, because um, it has been a, a brutal tour so far, uh, but also a really great tour with the the things we achieved here with the team. So uh, let's hope we can uh, we can make it all to Paris. When you're, you're looking at podium <laughs> position. Look at O'Connor, just chuckle with delight when this man is playing with the field here. Anyone rest up and forget it, I'm going to have a go here. Ben O'Connor, AG2R Citroën. The Tour de France, rest day number two, which is uh, a nice moment because it's not far now to Paris. There's only a couple of real big hurdles to get through. But yeah, it feels like it's almost there. Um, and it's just one final push, I guess. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for it. But I guess first is the rest day and to reflect on my second week of the Tour de France being hot, very hot. It was a big change and I, uh, as I said earlier, I suffered. But now finally back in Andorra where I live and uh, I had a great day yesterday seeing um, friends and family and uh, be able to race with... Uh, with all the knowledge of every single bit of road and, uh, and and corner and descent and climb. So I think it definitely makes a, a, a big difference. Um, and the rest day today, I guess we just, uh, as you probably can guess, relax and do the most amount of relaxing uh, uh, possible. So my fiance this morning and then rode with the boys and showed them uh, up where I live in La Masana and Ordino and uh, the, the other areas of, of Andorra on a cruisy day rather than just the normal racing every single time and <laughs> and people not liking Andorra for that. So it's been a nice day. Um, it's going to be much cooler for the rest of the week, so I think I'll be happy about that. Uh, yesterday was, uh, was tolerable, but only just... Uh, it was super hot baking out there. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens for the race because I think it could be could be similar. You see, we're all on a very similar level on the GC kind of aspect. Uh, so yeah, it should be fun. Yesterday, I sent a text to the staff to say thank you and let's uh, and let's keep going and what, only one more week and it's amazing reception. You have to give so much praise to the staff because. When you're racing, sometimes you get tired and you don't understand how much work really goes into days, for example, like yesterday where there was many, many kilos of ice and thousands of bottles. I mean, we would have gone through hundreds of hundreds of bottles uh, yesterday um, in all the heat and, uh, and, and, and the long transfers and the driving and, uh, and all the food. So, yeah. It's uh, one of those things you need to make sure when you're here at a Grand Tour is to acknowledge the staff and never forget that they're so crucial, integral part of the team and how much we really get uh, babysat for, I guess. Um, it's definitely the right word. So, yeah, cheers to all staff from all teams, but uh, especially as you deserve Citroën. <laughs> Thank you to all. Um, I guess that time now of the Tour de France, I think, or I guess of any Grand Tour, when you get to the second rest day, more or less, that you you look ahead and you really know that actually it's quite close now. Um, the end of the journey. There's only a few more days, really, of those maximal efforts where you need to to dig deep and you know you're going to earn your reward. Um, 
when you get to Paris and and afterwards. So it's actually almost more motivating now for for at least for me, um, knowing that I need to dig that little extra bit. I need to dig deeper to be able to maintain this amazing chance I've got to to finish somewhere in the top ten um, of the Tour de France. So. So yeah, I'm going to keep on resting and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the Tour de France. Thanks very much again to our four audio diarists. There are only three left in the race, but we're very grateful to Victor Campanarts for sending us a final entry after his DNF on the Mont Ventoux stage. This has been an episode of Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast, supported by Super Sapiens. Big thanks to Eurosport GCN for some of the commentary clips that you heard in this episode. And thanks also to Hugh Owen, who produced this episode.